Get everything you need for your holiday meal at Whole Foods Market. Right now, you'll find Animal Welfare Certified Rib Roast on sale. It's a deliciously crowd-pleasing centerpiece. Plus, save on spiral sliced ham, bone-in lamb, and seasonal produce like sweet potatoes and honey crisp apples. For ready-to-eat sides, head to the prepared food section. Done. And remember that Whole Foods Market caters. Order gourmet catering at shop.wfm.com. Bring the holiday magic with Whole Foods Market. Pandora makes it easy for you to find your favorite music. Discover new artists and genres by selecting any song or album and we'll make you a personalized station for free. Download on the Apple App Store or Google Play and enjoy the soundtrack to your life. At Discount Tire, we know how valuable your time is around the holidays. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com so you can spend more time with friends and family this holiday season. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, honey. You know your dad's world-famous chili. Yeah, the one that takes 24 hours to make. So I was trying to help out and bring the pot to the table, but it was like super hot. And then I um dropped it, and now the floor looks all, you know, stained with chili. Look, the point is, you guys cool with pizza for dinner? <laughs> Honey? Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. On the outside looking, and he wanted it. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins said he not getting the facts. Seen they said we found the shot he won't take. Ah, <laughs> uh, these players are dumb as hell. Um, <clears throat> welcome back yet again to the Mavs Outsiders Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Big Bibbles. Small bites, big bites, no nibbles. Uh those <laughs> what the I'm, I'm hell taking you that just out. Nah, I'm fucking, we keep it raw. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I got very distracted just now. Uh, I'm here as always with my man Reese. Please increase in peace. Um, okay. Um, okay. Uh, Mind of Reese, Reese Williams, Moneybag Reese, Steph Curry, Larry's Bird. Uh, Metal World Reese, you know, all of the above. You know the world. I meant you know the shit, you know. Uh, this is a struggle yeah. pod today. <laughs> hey, look, y'all know what happened when we do the podcast late, man. Don't even... Y'all know this. Y'all know what this is by now. Y'all know how Bib's about to act. Y'all sent in questions. Y'all know he about to get reckless on here, and I'm gonna have to reel it back in. I gotta be the adult. Thank you for always stepping up to the plate so coming off the last pod we talked about this week we had four games two two and two two little mini series against the clippers and blazers two teams ahead of us in the standings two teams that were going to give us a good chance to see where this mavs team is right 
So I think we both kind of put put some stuff on the line saying that if the Mavs won three games, uh, I think I said I would bring Optimus Bibbs back. And you said you would bring back Horny Reese. Well, they didn't do it. <laughs> so, did, y'all not getting it. Y'all yeah. not getting it. Sorry, not sorry. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know if I can do the Optimus Bibbs voice right now. Please don't. Um, <laughs> even if I wanted to, I don't think I could. Although, actually, uh, we'll put a pin in that. But uh, I think I said if they went three and one, we were gonna go hard to the moon. Let's do it. Let's ride. Let's 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 get some do some damage in the playoffs, et cetera. And so uh, I said if they went one and three, after this team, I'm going in. <laughs> and if they went two and two, I would just be relaxed and go for the ride. Yeah, yeah, I ain't really tripping too much. I, you know, saw some things I liked, saw some things I didn't like. It's funny because the things I I didn't like I saw in the first game of each series and they fixed it for the most part in the second game of each series. So that's the fun part about this situation is that you got to play a team, get a day off, and then come back and see who made the best adjustments. And both times the Mavs lost the first game, came back and won the second game. Uh, I'll let you carry it from there. Like, what did you what did you see in that first Clippers game that, and what did you see then in the second game as far as like adjustments or whatever? Well, as you know, I got in late to the uh, the first Clippers game on Friday. Uh, from what I was told, because I put out the tweet, this is what y'all need to understand. When I put the tweet out that said I need to go back and watch this game. I wasn't doing it for fun. I was doing it for this, okay? I, I, I needed information, okay? And y'all hitting me with the, please don't do it. Don't do it, or you're going to have to go to another comedy show. So it really must have been bad, terrible. Uh, I can't speak too much on the first game, but I will say what I saw in the second game against the Clippers. The Clippers or the Blazers? Because the Blazers was Friday. Yeah, the Blazers, my fault. You said Clippers. That's what threw me yeah, off. Yeah, Clippers. Okay. Pl- we played the Clippers. The Clippers was Wednesday, the Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm tripping. It's it's been a long day. I had a big glass of ice cream. You saw it. <laughs> I uh, saw it. The acid yeah. reflux kicked in just looking at the picture. <laughs> you sound like an old nigga. Uh, I'm leaning into it at the, this point. My main issue with the first Clippers game was really just us failing to close out the game. Like the second game, second game, I'm like, okay, we're winning. We could have done this in the game before. We literally had it, and Luca didn't close the game out very well. And I'm glad that he decided to step up in the second game and uh, do Luca things. Uh, we got production out of most of the people we needed production out of, if you ask me. But it was just them not being able to close out the game, which is, you know, a recurring thing for the Mavericks. I just wish, I just wish they, I just wish they didn't choke. Cause I hate to use that word, but they choked. And I didn't want to speak about it too much on the timeline, but the game was too close. Excuse me. For them to let it get away the way they did. And we could easily be doing Optimus Bibbs and Horny Reese right now. 
had they won that game. But uh, like I said, for the most part, what the teams didn't do, what the Mavericks didn't do in the first game of each series, they improved on in the second game and won both. So it's hard for me to talk too negatively about that loss when I know what happened the following game. But still, that was a win we needed, a win that was right in front of us, and we just let it slip away. But I'm not too upset with it. Uh, not going to speak too negatively on it. Okay. So, yeah, in that first game, like you said, uh, I think it was for me that what I what kind of stood out for me was <sighs> three people showed up. Yeah. Luca. KP, Tim Hardaway. Which seems to be, you know, that seems to be a recurring thing as well, for being honest. Yeah. Uh, It's basically like these are the only three players that you can really, and you can't even really depend on Tim Hardaway. It just happened to be a good Tim Hardaway day as far as the shooting went. But 50-50. Yeah, like the only three people capable, it felt like, of – having a big game and then Luca didn't even really have a great game because he still has seven turnovers um and he was four for 11 from three nine for 23 from the field so he didn't really have a great game but I think I said it on my pod because I did the midweek uh recap like you say he didn't have a great game but he had 25 10 and 16 right <laughs> it's it's just a matter of the fact that one, he has to do so much for this team to even have a chance that him having 25, 10 and 10 is like a baseline number. And then like anything above that is him having a good game. And anything below us, he's had a horrible game. I mean, I don't really understand anyone saying he had a bad game. He closed it out bad, but overall he did yeah. not have a bad game. Just, right. So I guess they the put the standards too high. Yeah, but I'm saying like he had to do so much to even have us in the game. And then at the end, there's nobody that can help him out. Uh, You can see he's having a hard time getting the looks that he wants at the end of the game. But who else was going to do it uh, type of thing? Nobody, as usual. Uh, I'm pretty (laughs) sure Luca is going to need a back brace by the time he's 28 if uh, the front office keeps this up. But, you know, we're not going to go there. Not going to go there. So then we we moved to Wednesday. You you said you did see Monday and Wednesday, right? Yes. Okay. So we moved to Wednesday and Luca scores more, forty two points. Uh, he got his turnovers down four. And did he hit better from three? Yes, he was six for eleven from three instead of four for eleven. Uh, and then also every- the bench was the yeah. bench was trash, but. <laughs> the points were spread around for the uh for the starters. Right. And so here's something else I've I've meant to mention. Uh Dorian Finney Smith left in the middle of the week for the birth of his child. So he didn't play in that second Clippers game, which meant Tim Hardaway mm-hmm. Jr. moved to the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Now, after Luca, the scoring was pretty balanced for the rest of the starters. Mm-hmm. All of them Very between balanced. eleven and fifteen. I mean, I don't like that Porzingis had 11 points. I don't care if it was balanced or not, but whatever. It was a blowout win, so. Right. Uh, so it was hard to be mad at KP when the team won. But 5 for 14 was his stat line. 
It's just not good. No. Especially who, when you only took four three-pointers. Who on that team was guarding him? It had to be Zubats. I don't know who was guarding him off the bench. So say like who who is supposed to be able to guard him? Zubak maybe can guard him in the post, but he's supposed to be able to do things outside of the post that Zubak can't guard. Like even if it's mid range and in, like he should be quicker than Zubak, you would think. Right. So that's disappointing. But hey, the fans be saying he uh, he looked like he'd be moving a quick sand. So, <laughs> and that's. And that's kind of the weird thing about him is that he's supposed to be like, you know, the unicorn, et cetera, and so forth. He's supposed to play bigs off the floor, but he didn't do that against the Clippers. So. Calling cap. Yeah, so he's not a center, but he's playing center. He can't do center things, and he can't play centers off the floor. If he had a center, he wouldn't have to play center. uh, don't, Don't say that too loud. (laughs) <laughs> from the way these people act we'll get to that in a minute <laughs> so yeah we won the second game Luca did more uh offensively everything actually he did everything yeah, and then everybody else everybody else did it just enough just enough to get us by which you know appreciate it but KP more I guess we sacrificed the 20 points he would have for him to get 13 rebounds it's crazy and again, the rebounding, okay, that's that's great. That's what he's supposed to do. Um, especially if he's not doing anything else. So then you said you did not watch the game Friday, right? Yeah, the Blazers game. I caught the end of it uh, where it was close. But again, uh, the Blazers widened the gap. Right. So no, Willie Colley-Stein was gone for this one. Um no Dorian Finney-Smith again, which meant Hardaway started. Hardaway 25-5-5, and just a huge game. Luka 38-9-9, and also huge. Maxi gave us 16-4-4, <laughs> which is ridiculous for him. But then KP and Jay Rich. Stunk up the place. A combined up the place. Five for 20. For the between those two, uh, one for six from three. Oh man, I didn't see this. I hate to call this guy out because I know we talk about him, but the white the white power played eleven minutes and scored zero points, bro. Right. <laughs> you know what? I'm it's, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And the bad part is, Trey Burt scored ten points off the bench. Right. What's we a window had that. six. I mean, six. You said Wessel Windu had six. Like, that's okay. All right. It's more than Dwight Powell had. That's not saying much. It's really it had not. nothing. A free but, throw would have been more than Dwight Powell had. I will say Windu was playing some great defense in his minutes. Uh, he okay. did play 18 and a half, which led the bench. Brunson, I really just wish... I wish we had more depth because there's no reason Tim Hardaway Jr. should be playing 40 minutes on anybody's NBA team. <laughs> and I think that's the big takeaway from this whole weekend, honestly, mm-hmm. is how thin our roster is. 
on actual NBA talent. I was about to say, don't yeah, don't don't say the the talent that Mavs fans think we have. Actual NBA talent, we don't have much of it. And so Luca does so much that it overshadows the weakness of the rest of this team. Um, even after we lose to a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder, people still don't seem to realize <laughs> how much of this team is Luca. Right. And how he's saving. If we didn't, if we didn't have Luca, we'd be, hmm, thirteen seed between fifteen and thirteen. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, yeah, we'd be, we I, would we be better than the Timberwolves? <laughs> is the question. That's actually a, actually, I think the Timberwolves would be better. It's uh. Yeah, it's Luca's being as great as he is is saving a lot of these guys' careers because they'd That's, be in the G League or worse. They would be overseas. <laughs> Half of these dudes worse. Uh, so we lost that first game. Dame stepped up. Dame mm-hmm. time. We we let them keep it close, and Dame was just kind of biding his time. And just took over down the stretch. Uh, CJ stepped up too. Yeah, CJ had his moments as well. Um, and that was his first real good game, actually, since coming back off the injury. Right. Uh, both of them over thirty points, thirty-two and thirty-one. Oh yeah, because it wasn't his first game back. That was the Pelicans, correct? Yeah, I think it was his third game back, actually. And I think the previous two he had had terrible shooting nights, so. For him, it was good. Felt good, probably, to get it going. Uh, and for us, it just kind of highlighted that Lucas by himself. <laughs> Look, the fact that Luca was even able to go toe to toe with not only Dame but CJ as well, it's a testament. With just Tim Hardaway as help, come on now. If I told you Luke and Tim Hardaway versus Dame and CJ and they went toe to toe, you probably think I was stupid. But another case of us. Go ahead. I was going to say they actually scored the same amount of points as the other tandem. Like both tandems had 63. Damn, you're right. You're right. (laughs) Took me a second. Just another case of us not being able to close the game out, but didn't have to worry about closing the game out or choking in the next game, did we? No, we did not. Because <laughs> uh, Luca did not miss, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luca was playing with them boys. And you know the crazy part? He actually had less points. He did. But it felt like more. But he did but it you know all in three quarters. More? Exactly. Yeah. He set for the fourth. So started out eight for eight from three. And like the last three he hit, I think he turned around and like looked into the audience and was talking shit. I was about to say, if he would have just hit the Jordan shrug, it would have been okay. <laughs> he was talking his mess. Uh Jay Rich stepped up. He had 21. 
oh, much needed. I love to see when Jay Rich is playing well. Benny Smith came back, had a, a good game by his standards, 13-5. Uh, played some good defense as well. It was a Benny Smith stat line. Close to yep. it, 13-5 and two. Maxie definitely had a Maxie stat line as well, 8-7. and seven. I feel <laughs> like he's had that like 12 times in the past two months. <laughs> That's facts. That's literally Maxie stat line, 8-7. Sometimes a block. Yeah, he hadn't had one of those in a couple games either. Uh, and then KP slid in there with 12 and 8. So that's three straight games with 11 or 12 points. And had the nerve to, you know what? No, no, no we got to address it. That's, that's the whole point of having a podcast, right? So I thought we were saving it. I wasn't sure if, you know. No, nah, we might as well get straight right into now. it. You might as well get into it. So first of all, shout out to the Mavs for going out there, not playing around and putting the Blazers away uh, early to the point where Rick even played the rookies last night. But the walk-off heard around the world. Luca gets out on the break. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. I mean, it's around the world. We got so many international Mavs fans. Everybody was in on it. So we get out on a fast break. I want to say it was a, was it a three or four? It was like a four on one fast break, actually. Luca has KP coming on one side of the hoop while he's on the other. He has another guy. He has two other Mavs, one coming straight down the middle and another guy between the guy in the middle and KP. I can't remember who everybody else was. I think Dorian Finney-Smith was the one in the middle. So he fakes the behind the back pass to Finney Smith, which would have been completely unnecessary. He then throws a more difficult pass to Finney Smith, who is the least open person in this scenario. KP or the other guy, I think it was Tim, I don't remember. Tim or Jay Rich. Both of those guys were way more open than Dorian Finney Smith. So he gives it to Finney Smith. I think Finney Smith got fouled on the play and like goes down. KP thought he was getting a lob on that play. And he was pissed. So Finney Smith goes down. Luca, Jay Rich go to help him up. KP doesn't even look at him, just walks complete, walks off, goes toward the bench area. Uh, somebody said he went to the locker room. Not sure if that was ever validated. Uh, somebody else said that he went to like the seats that are like away from everybody else which every team, every arena has this now, like these seats that are like off in the stands. Yeah. But your second best player sitting out there is probably not what is usually happening. So KP got pissed and walked over there. Again, at this point in the game, we were up 30. Right. Like the game is over. Uh, but KP was pissed, walks off, doesn't look at his teammate, doesn't help his teammate up. And... A lot of people were calling KP out for having an attitude in that situation. A lot of other people were defending him saying, oh, he has every right to be mad. Your big man runs the floor. He should get the ball. Oh, he's frustrated, et cetera, so forth. Reese, I want to know where you stand on this entire topic of, of the KP frustration. I'm not giving this dude no fucking passes. I'm not, I'm not defending him in this. Why are you? This is your teammate. You didn't get the ball. Oh, well, when we do give you the ball, you can't even score over dudes. That's six foot six, six, two, but now (laughs) six, two, but now 
you're upset because you didn't get a lob on a fast break. Get over it. The team is winning. Isn't that what you should be more excited about? Shouldn't you care about the fact that the team is actually winning the game? If you cared about your number, I was going to say you shouldn't sit out those games, but <laughs> that's the team's decision. So I'm not going to, you know, I feel like if it was up to KP, he'd probably play. So I'm not going to do that. But mm. when you are on the court, you're very inconsistent. How about you score when we need you to and not get upset about not getting the ball when we're up 30 being a front runner? How about that? <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> I agree. Um, that was annoying. It made me mad. Just like as a fan of sports to see one of your key players walk off when his teammates on the ground, like the, it looked disrespectful. It looked worse than like what you do to an opponent who has fallen. Yep. Like as soon as Finney Smith went down, he just kind of looked at him and like, just started walking the other way. Like didn't look back, nothing no daps to anybody on the way out. Just F it. I'm out of here. And uh, somebody said that he got his ankle iced. It's like, what does that have to do with being a good teammate? Exactly. When he was walking off, his ankle looked just fine. So right. shit, they like, stopped him from <laughs> at least helping Dorian up. It's not like he was reacting to an injury. You know what I mean? Like he didn't hop off and ah, my ankle. Like I, I didn't see any of that. Uh, um, so why why is he doing that? So for, that's the first thing is it, it annoyed me to see why are you worried about getting your shots when the team is up 30? Why are you worried about your shine uh, when the team is up 30? And I do believe there's an element to the KP frustration and issues that we've been seeing that is him not enjoying being an accessory to Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he pictured more of a LeBron D Wade tandem situation. He pictured more of a one A one B as opposed right. to a one and two. Right. And... Only issue is he hasn't <laughs> been one A one B available or one A one B consistent. Right, and Luca can't wait for you to get hot. Like the team needs to be rolling. If you're getting open, you're hitting your spots and everybody's getting where they need to get fantastic. But if you're missing shot after shot, like we can't just sit here and keep feeding you to keep breaking and take everybody else out of the game. So that's the first part, but I do have another take on this. Okay. It has become clear to me that I think the the whatever feelings KP has towards Luca, I feel like Luca has them right back toward KP. In terms of what? What do you mean? I think Luca is annoyed with KP. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I see him, he looks KP off often. And KP re- reacts to it in live time so we see kp reacting but i don't think people are paying attention to the fact that luca is intentionally going away from him at times and and now you can say oh luca just wants to spread the ball around etc so forth but to me i see more than that because usually luca's going to the 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 best choice in the situation but sometimes i see him knowing that kp is the best choice and throwing the ball somewhere else And 
again, I, I, I'm not a person that wants to read into like conspiracies or whatever. Like, I don't know what their situation is behind the scenes. Um, I don't, I don't want to say they don't like each other. Maybe it's Luca doesn't like the KPs asking for touches, like either get open or <laughs> go somewhere else. Like, I feel like he is intentionally showing KP that he's not bigger than the team. Which he isn't. Right. So, again, I'm not necessarily saying Luca's being an a-hole to him. I'm saying there's definitely something there. Like, Luca is intentionally trying to send some type of message to him. Why, I, don't, I can't like- tell you. It seems like Luca is trying to give KP the energy that KP has given him. Right. So, what came first? <laughs> KP That's crying over touches, or Luca not giving right. him the ball? And I would have to go back through the tape to to figure that out myself. Like, I would have to go find out where did I first notice it. But I definitely had noticed it at least once or twice every single game where Luca looks him off. I take it you have not seen this. Mm, I have seen it. I haven't seen it as often as people on Twitter always talk about it. It could seem like it's an every other game type of thing, but I've seen it. I just really didn't think much of it until now. I tried not to overreact to them as much as everyone else did until that game, that last game, where KP just walked off. And now I'm like, okay. This really is a problem. This isn't just shit people are making up. This isn't rumors. This isn't us overanalyzing things. This is an issue. And KP's right. acting like a pussy. Yeah. Like, there are other ways to handle this stuff for both parties. Right. Agreed. Um, now, again, that Luca thing with the pass, like, looking off KP and dropping it off to Dorian Finney-Smith when it wasn't the best pass and uh, we could have had a dunk instead. We had Dorian Finney-Smith free throws. That doesn't matter because you're up 30 at that situation, right? Right. And none of these have occurred in like a clutch situation, if I recall. So, to my knowledge, no. Yeah, like I can't think of a single time where it was like a clutch situation. It was like, oh, why didn't Luca feed KP? Like it's, I will oh. say, I will say, I wish KP. As upset as KP was at Luca for not getting the ball, I wish KP would be that upset at himself when he doesn't show up against players he's supposed to. <laughs> this brings me back to, was it was it OKC? Yeah, the first OKC game mm-hmm. where Luca didn't play and KP did, and KP had a pretty quiet game. I think he had eighteen and seven or something like that. Um, but after the game, they interviewed him. He talked about how the ball was moving and you got to see people get involved that usually don't get involved and blah, 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 blah type of thing uh, to show that we have other talent on his team or something along those lines. And people read into it. I didn't read into it at the time. I'm still not reading into it now, but going back to your point of KP taking over, like that would have been a game to see KP like try to dominate and he didn't do right. that. So if if that's the thing, like you're not going to go out and dominate in the perfect situation for you to go out and dominate, then what is the problem that you're having when Luca is there? I think KP has an ego issue. 
Right. KP wants to be the man where KP has all the tools and talent to be the man. He just doesn't utilize it. And the thing is, on this team, you're not going to be the man because Luca's the man. <laughs> and if you accepted your role as the number two, this team would be so much better. Yeah. So do you think it's just seeing Luca like doing all the celebrating and showboating and stuff like that? Do you think that's rubbing him the wrong way when he can't participate? I don't think. I mean, I would hope not. That would be extremely childish. That's what it feels like. Showboating and celebrating. I mean, granted, yeah, this is childish in general, but that would yeah. be that would be extremely childish. I hope that's not the case. I doubt it's the case though. It's something to watch, I think. Uh, just the way they interact during games. I, uh, Like I said, I don't like being a conspiracy guy, but I'm also the same guy that was one of the first ones to point out Dennis Smith and Luca's issues and got called all kinds of stuff for it. Um, <laughs> and again, it wasn't necessarily that they didn't like each other as people or you know didn't get along, but the on the court, it wasn't it wasn't working because both of them needed the ball to develop the skills that they have. And Dennis had the ball in his hand all the time the year before. And now you bring in another guy that's taking the ball out of his hands. Like that's going to affect you mentally. And even before we drafted Luca in my scouting report, I said, if he goes to a team that already has a point guard there, that's established, it's going to either hold him back or, negatively affect that point guard like yeah. i don't just be talking out of my ass sometimes i mean sometimes I do. like literally the optimist bibs voice was talking out talking of out of your ass, ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah like this is these are real three things like again it doesn't have to be that either one of them is a bad person but if you're coming from a situation where you were the man in new york city of all places and now you come to Dallas and this other kid is, oh, is he the MVP? And you got to hear that constantly. Like, and you, you're not, your shots aren't falling. You're not feeling good. Like, you're going to feel that. I feel like they should have had a conversation with KP. And maybe they did uh, with him coming in. Like, hey, this is Luca's team. We want you to be the number two to Luca. I don't know what conversation they had with him. I don't know what his expectations were. Or maybe they did have a conversation with him, like, hey, we want you guys to be 1A, 1B. And now he feel like he's not getting treated as such, but that's because you're not playing as such. And I love KP. I don't want us to trade KP. But if there's going to be chemistry issues like this, then he has to go. And in that case, I would love for him to fall out so his stock can go up, please. Uh, man, yeah, that's that's kind of – that's kind of where it's at. And I, you have to think that they didn't say they want him to be Luca's number two because they spent free agency whining and dining him when they should have been called the Malcolm Brogdon right. and then gave him a max contract. So I think that is probably part of the issue is that they told him like, this is y'all, y'all going to be the big tandem. And now he's the big accessory. So I think there's like a, di a disconnect between the expectations and the reality for him. He's a, he's a spot up three point shooter because we can't rely on him to get a bucket when we give him the ball and tell him go get it. Right. Like it's not like we can just dump it down to him and say, oh, that's two. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> like it would not. be a good dirt. Right. 
facts or almost any other superstar or all-star big in the league. Right. But he can't go dominate his his opponent. Like, I, you can't throw it to the block and expect, oh, he's he going to do the drop step spin move or oh, he's going to do the jump hook over the left shoulder like that nobody can stop. Like, he doesn't have that he move. Keep, he keeps doing fadeaways against guys that's shorter than him. I can't remember who it was yesterday, but he got the ball. And again, if he had a jump hook, it would have turned right over the right shoulder. Nice little seven foot bank shot off the glass, like Tim Duncan money all day in that spot. But instead, he takes a bounce, takes a step, fades away, jump it off of both feet. Yeah, and bricks. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's the most difficult shot you could have gotten out of that situation against a shorter we man. We were busting ass. We were busting ass. There was no reason. You know what? Never mind. KP, I, I would hate to see this team fall apart due to chemistry issues between KP and Luca because it's way too early for that, it feels like. That's why it feels so genuine because it's so early. It's not something that, you know, out of nowhere, oh, now they don't like each other. Right. Like, what if it was never good to begin with and we just starting to see it now because he's fed up? Yeah. And a lot of that frustration is probably due to his health issues and not being able to get in a rhythm and establish himself. And while he's missing time, Lucas hooping. <laughs> right. So I don't know, man. I, it makes me feel like the long-term fit is not going to work. I feel like Same. the longer this goes on, the more likely we're going to flip KP at some point for whatever we can get. Well, go get us uh Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier. <laughs> and uh, do you wanna, uh, what else could we get? And that, I don't know. You want to go straight into that or take a quick break? These uh, Let's take a uh, quick questions. Break. Let's take a quick break. Quick break and we'll come back. Uh, I think there's a good bit of questions, so we'll go through those. If you're a beginning podcaster or someone who just wants to make things easy on their journey, Spotify for Podcasts is the perfect platform for you. They allow you to record your podcast and edit it, not only from your computer, but your phone as well, so you can do it on the go wherever you are. You can make money from your podcast through ads provided by the platform or through subscriptions from your audience with no catch at all. They even take the liberty of distributing your podcast not only to the Spotify platform, every other podcast and platform as well just like that all you have to do is record edit hit publish and spotify takes care of the rest i use spotify podcasters to start my journey bibs used it to start his journey we used it to start the mavs outside his journey and now you have the opportunity to use it to start your journey as well to get started all you have to do is download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. All right. Welcome back to the Outsiders Pod. We did put out the call for questions and you guys responded after not initially responding. I put out two separate calls, one as the nice guy, one as the asshole. You responded to both. Uh, <laughs> let's go with the nice guy questions first. So my man Rolo Gonzalez 78 said, have you been to Houston? What's your favorite food? 
not what you would prefer to eat at Mind of Reese, but actual food. Which team would, oh, let's start with that. Let's start with the Houston and the food first. Have you been to Houston? First of all, was he trying to insinuate oral sex? I mean, you, you mentioned eating a lot of stuff on, on the wow. timeline. Wow. Today it was oh. Chloe Bailey. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yes, I have been to Houston. <laughs> Uh, yes, I have been to Houston once, uh, back in 2019, I went to Houston. Uh, I didn't have, I didn't have much. I didn't go to, I didn't get to go to Turkey Leg Hut like I would have liked. Um, but I did try this soul food spot that was really good. But honestly, I didn't try anything that was, uh, like specific to Houston. So I can't really say what my favorite food to eat in Houston is. Okay. Uh, the only time I've been to Houston is at the airport <laughs> during <laughs> a layover. Um, <clears throat> I don't. Well, I think I drove through when I was a kid, but other than that, I have not been to uh, to Houston at all. Now, the favorite food question. I don't know if that was necessarily tied to Houston. Like this looks like a random series of questions. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, my so, favorite food is lasagna. Ooh, that's a that's a good one. Um, I'm gonna go with shepherd's pie. My mom shepherd's pie. My oh, mom shepherd's pie. What you is? You don't know what that is? Pie? No, it's no. like usually like the, the the basics is ground beef, mashed potatoes, and like some sort of cheese to like make it stick together. Okay. Uh, so just the way you do it determines the way it tastes. Not everybody, like I've gotten it at restaurants. It's not the same thing <laughs> as my mom's. But uh, but yeah, that was like a staple in the household growing up. It, it reminds me of home. I was about to say, I've never even seen that before. So that's different. Like if I Google it, it's not, it looks different depending on who made it, basically. Okay. Um, Does it look it like might, an actual pie? Or? It's like, it's basically like a lasagna, but with ground beef and mashed potatoes instead of like pasta okay um which team would you prefer to win the championship if not the mavs and it has to be an actual contender uh the milwaukee bucks okay so no 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 wait 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 when we say it has to be an actual contender what qualifies as an actual contender i mean i would say a team that's at least top five in their conference. Okay, Phoenix Suns. Okay, yeah, that's fair. They're, what, 2C right now? I think so. Okay. Why the Suns? Uh, it's obvious. Chris Paul is my favorite player of all time. I like to see him get a ring before he retires. I respect and, uh, The way he's been playing, he could possibly be finals MVP at his old age. So. Okay, I like it. I like it, and he probably would get that no matter what who performed. <laughs> if they want it. So for me I mean they got Devin Booker, so you never know. I mean Booker might if he does 40 a game, it's gonna be hard to overlook. But that's, uh that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's been done. So what am I looking for? Okay, so team I would want to win before the season, it would have been an easy call to say Portland. Um right. we know the Bucks. Blazers, Jazz are my my three. My three favorite players are on those teams. And who's, Damon, who, who's your who's your guy on the Jazz? Is that Rudy? Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, 
Well, it's kind of a, it goes back to my draft scouting, like the 2013 draft, my favorite guys coming out of that draft, guys I thought could be stars were Giannis and Gobert. Oh, okay. Um, Like I think I said. Could be a star. Yeah, I was I was scouting them, and then I was like, first the first player to actually look like they might actually be something was Giannis. I was like, yo, this out of the out of the tumbo, whatever I'll call it. <laughs> I was tweeting all kinds of stuff. I could barely find the tweets because of how I was spelling his name. Uh, but I was like, yo, this kid is actually looked like he might actually be something. <clears throat> and then finding out that the Mavs wanted him just pissed me off later. But anyway. Don't, don't so it's Giannis, and then when I got to go bear, I was like, "This dude is super skinny, but if he ever puts on any weight, he's gonna be a beast." And, and he is defensively, just not offensively. Yeah, I thought he would be be doing more damage in the pick and roll. I think when he gained weight, he got a little bit slower right. than he was when he was a stick figure. Um, but it is what it is. Those are those are my three. Uh, I would stick with the Blazers just because Dame is the oldest of those three guys. Yeah, um, his uh, his window's probably smaller. Right, so I, I just want him to get it so I can get that out the way. Um, the only reason I hesitate now and almost want to go with the Jazz is because of the narrative um, that they can't win it. Like, I think that's stupid. I don't, I don't think they can, to be honest. But Why not? I don't when playoffs time when playoff time comes if Mitchell, Mitchell isn't able to step up who else are you counting on so that's the thing is like <clears throat> when, when people compare them to the Hawks team taken out of oh no 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 people do that oh all the time like oh this is oh, the no. Hawks team no, 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 no. I would never say that. That's disrespectful. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that Hawks team had nobody. I would be like, hey, get this dude the ball and go get a bucket. Right. So with the Jazz, like you, you just said, Donovan Mitchell is capable of that. We don't know if he's going to actually show up mm-hmm. when the time comes. But you at least have that guy on the roster that's capable of going off. And I think Mike Conley as a, a vet, a clutch vet, he's had a – it's always hard for point guards that first year when you're in a new system, except unless you're Chris Paul, apparently. Um, but this year he's point been in way more. <laughs> he's been way more in control, and I can see him stepping up like in clutch situations as well. I would agree. That's 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 a good point. So that's why I kind of have a little bit more belief that they are capable uh, of doing damage, and. Yeah, so but I still would go Dame. Like I would want to see like if you if I could pick my Western Conference Finals and and the Mavs aren't in it, it would be Jazz Blazers. Just to piss everybody off. That would be the most non-watched Western Conference Finals series. People not turning out for Dame. Man, you don't want to see Dame tap his wrist. Who turned in there for that? I'm gonna turn in for what? But casual fans, don't nobody want to see that shit. We'll see. And here's the thing: if I, if that's the ratings happens, don't affect my pockets, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, if that series happened, who would you like? How do you see it uh, coming out? Not who would you like, but how do you realistically see it? I want to say that I say I think I said Blazers in six. Okay. Um, 
I think Dame would go stupid. I think Donovan and them would go stupid the next game. Uh, I think game three would be pivotal, but the Blazers pull it out because Dame and McCollum is too much. And they may even go up 3-1. The Jazz come back, take that that fifth game, and then the Blazers close it out in the sixth. Fair enough. Fair enough. And Dame taps his wrist. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Uh, Sends them home on a game-winning buzzer beater, right? Exactly. Over, over, go Barry. Gets, gets them in the, the spin cycle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me see. All right. And shout out to Rolo. He left us a dope review, also. So appreciate. Shout him. out to you. Appreciate you. All right, moving forward because we spent a lot of time on that one. Um, my man, Mister Cheesecake at God's Ace 05 said, what's your favorite cheesecake or dessert overall? Uh, I'm actually not much of a dessert guy. Um, I don't eat cheesecake at all. Okay. But if I had to pick a favorite dessert, I mean, I guess a safe bet would be ice cream. Mm. Uh, I love ice cream. Uh, Flavor. Whatever flavor that was I had earlier at that restaurant, it was, <laughs> it, and they just told me it was right. It was uh, probably French vanilla with uh, caramel drizzle, caramel syrup drizzle. Uh, okay, it was okay. delicious. It was delicious. Ice cream, yeah. I love chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream though. I used to eat ice cream every night for like a very long time, and then That's one time, not healthy. <laughs> It, no, it's not, especially right before bed, because I think right. I destroyed my gastrointestinal system. And one night I woke up throwing up. And I haven't been the same since. What the fuck you mean you ain't been the same since? Acid reflux is not no game, though. Like, oh, wow. You go to bed, like if I eat after 10 p.m., if I eat like something with dairy in it or pasta or something like that and go to bed, like there's a high probability that I'm gonna wake up with like stuff trying to come out of my throat and like barely able to breathe. Like I've been Jesus. thought I was close to death a couple times before I knew what the hell was going on. Jesus, you're really a gremlin around this month. It's it's really wild. Yeah, it's wild. Like I, I literally will be like, dang, I want some ice cream, and then I'll check the clock and be like, that would not be a good idea. <laughs> Man, that's rough. It's tough. So that's a hard life. So if I had to pick a favorite <clears throat> dessert, because I'm not really a big dessert guy either, um, or cheesecake. But with that said, you are going to have to hook me up when I come to Dallas, Mr. Cheesecake. Because uh, I've seen Yeah, I looked website. at your page. I looked at your website, brother, and I don't even eat cheesecake. But a lot of the stuff you got on that page <laughs> looks. Uh, what that guy say in the videos? Delicioso. Muy delicioso. Okay, I was making sure the I was making sure the reference was caught. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I would say for me, it's I need like an old granny type apple pie with the crumble, with some vanilla ice cream with it. Hmm. I'm not much like, of a pie guy, but I get it. Yeah, give me that apple pie with the sli- apple slices in it, with the crumble crust and some vanilla ice cream that I need that 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 compliment together. Um, 
Second question, are you getting in the NBA top shot? I am a poor person. No. I'm not touching that shit. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm I've, a... I've heard it explained. Uh, <clears throat> the way it was explained, I didn't really understand it completely. And I haven't really cared to ask anybody else to re-explain it because I, I don't want to know. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, yeah. It sounds like the trade market for NBA cards. And I don't understand how that works. Like, <clears throat> I, I dabble with the stock market, but this one, I, I don't understand how you determine the value. So, but it's blowing up. So, the people that's enjoying it, more power to them. The last question he asked was Since this is a Mavs podcast, ro- what role player are you willing to give up Maxi for? Hmm. Okay. Uh, Realistically speaking, I would like for it to be another big or a wing, unless it's a package deal. But if we're just talking straight up, Maxi for another role player, uh, Aaron Gordon, obviously. Uh, shit, that's <laughs> that's really it. Yeah. So, like you said, for me, the main thing. <clears throat> it would have to be a big it would have to be a guy that both can defend the rim and actually finish a dunk so, Serge Ibaka sorry Serge Ibaka <laughs> I don't know if I could do Serge I feel like he's I, I, I don't know how old he is if we're getting 2019 Brooke Lopez I'll take him Interesting. Interesting. Uh, It would have to be somebody like you said, like can can consistently give me fifteen points, fifteen to twenty points. That's that's hard to find in a role player. With Luca, like on a pick and roll, like a DeAndre Prime, DeAndre Jordan type, is what I'm looking for. Okay. Well, if he couldn't do that, if he couldn't do twenty points with Chris Paul, he ain't doing it with Luca. I mean, this. I'm not saying average twenty. I'm saying. Oh, okay. You're capable of doing that every night if needed. Um, And if the situation warrants, like a Christian Wood would have been great. Right. Um, But he has a little bit more to his game. But anyway, yeah, it would have to be a big that would compliment Luca well. Actually, no, 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 I wouldn't. I'm lying. I was about to say I would uh, trade Maxi for PJ Tucker, but I wouldn't. PJ Tucker's way too old. PJ Washington, we might be in business. Yeah, that's a different story. And actually, that might be my answer. So, all right. Supercon underscore 64 said, why is KP a jealous ass bitch? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, I mean, we talked about this earlier. The way we, the things we talked about earlier is why he's a jealous ass bitch. He expected yeah. a certain role. He's not getting it. And his ego was getting in the way of it. That's really all there is to it. Yeah, not getting the attention, not getting the love, and having to watch Luca get all the attention and love. So, yeah, it is what it is. All right. Funny question, you know. Thanks for that question. (laughs) Sean Payne, or Sean underscore Payne, that's P-A-Y-N-E, number 23. What are y'all's thoughts on NBA players not wanting to get vaccinated? And I could spend a minute on this one, but I'm going to just keep it short and brief. They think they're young and invincible. 
they a lot a lot of them didn't <laughs> do the knowledge and aren't going to um and then there are others i think that think that maybe they shouldn't jump to the front of the line mm-hmm. as well so i think it's a little bit of both ends of the spectrum and like i'm not you can't force somebody to get a vaccine i would love for my team to get vaccinated so i don't have to worry about another COVID outbreak um but you know as the vaccine rolls out i would expect that they would eventually get it uh you kind of hit the nail on the head uh like you said we could go a long time talking about this but they probably just haven't done the proper research on the vaccine uh some people are probably hesitant about it i get why people uh Specifically, my people, people of color, are hesitant about taking a vaccine from the government. I get it, but just do the proper research on it. Uh, if you know people who have gotten it, uh, ask them about it. It's just, I think it's a lot of caution behind it. And like you said, they probably don't want to jump to the front of the line because they don't want to make it seem like, oh, well, you know, these people probably need it more than we do. But I'm pretty sure they wouldn't just be willy nilly offering it to you if they didn't have <laughs> the supply and stock so yeah and i like i've heard situations where you know the vaccine only can last for a certain amount of time and if they don't distribute them all they have to throw it out and that's that's a waste yeah that's a waste so if that's happening then there's enough vaccines to go around um if that's the case that shit is flawed get back in the lab and redo it (laughs) the vaccine expiring uh like milk you gotta get it get it out uh let me see here. All right. Jonathan Cadane, Jonathan Kid number 25, sent us a screenshot of a trade. And this is tiny. Lord Jesus. All right. So in this trade, the Mavs get Evan Fournier, Ken Birch, Marcus Smart. And I'm just going to stop right there. The Celtics aren't trading Marcus Smart at all. And there's nothing we can give up where, come on. In this trade, the Celtics will be getting Aaron Gordon, Dwight Powell, Dwayne Bacon, and Wessa Windu. Nah, I just think Marcus Smart's too big of a piece of their like heart and soul. And who are the, who's Orlando getting? James Johnson, Jeff Teague, Tristan Thompson, Trey Burke, Daniel Tice, and three. Yeah, three second round picks, two from the Mavs, one from the Celtics. Yeah, that trade is too big for no reason. Uh, when the Mavericks <laughs> can just trade straight up with the Magic or the Magic can just trade straight up with the Celtics. And also, yeah. like you said, the Celtics are not trading Marcus Smart. Yeah, I can't see that going down. Um, I'm not saying he's untouchable. I'm just saying in that trade, wouldn't make sense to trade. Right. All right, my man Emmanuel Garza, uh, E-Man Garza 7. Who do Shout y'all think has... I know who he is. Yeah, he's the homie. He's the homie. Who do y'all think has the second highest basketball IQ behind Luca? And then he did specify on the Mavs. So That's second highest IQ. Actually tough. That's tough. Mm. I gotta look at the roster. <laughs> to even think about it. IQ. Josh. Richardson, okay. I think I'm gonna go Josh. 
That's a good call. Let me look at the the, the, the team real quick. And obviously, these are just opinions. There's no way for us to measure basketball IQ. So, let's see. So far, that's looking like the choice. It's him or Boban, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Because, again, it's more about the way they see the game versus what they're actually capable of doing. So, yeah, I think Jay Rich probably is is up there. I don't see him making I would a lot also, of decisions. I would also throw James Johnson in there, even though he hasn't been playing the best. <laughs> you don't stick around in the league this long not having good basketball IQ. So. I can get on board with it. I can get on board with it. All right, thank you, E-Man. Uh, let's see. Damien, D-Factor, set me up like a bit. I mean, set me up. Uh, hey, shout out to the boy for the Wait, are we, can we say that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, shout out to the boy for making our logo. Yeah, uh, D-Factor, uh, he's been my man on the designs for years now. Um, don't think that's going to be changing anytime soon. So his question was, pull it up, 2018 draft revisited. The Suns do stick with Aiton at the first pick, but I the Kings actually question. select Luka. The Hawks still pick Trey, and Memphis still selects Jaron Jackson. So with Dallas at five, what do you want them to do? Okay, so I did see this question. Let me make sure I got it straight. The Suns select Aiden. The Kings go with Luka. The Hawks go with Trey. No, Jaron. No, who went number yeah, Hawks three? Go, Jaron Hawks Jackson go with Trey. Trey. Hawks go Trey, with Trey. Trey. Jaron Jackson at four. And who would we pick at five? Who would we who would we end up with or who would we want at five? Or I guess, yeah, what happens at five and how different is this team based on that? I will say in hindsight, I will go Shea. Ooh. Shea Gildress Alexander, because he didn't go until like eleven or twelve back then because he wasn't looked at as a high draft pick. That's why I said in hindsight. So okay. Uh, I would go with Shea, and I would say we're a lottery team. I love <laughs> Shea, but Still? he's not going to put us over the top like Luca. I say we're a lottery team. I mean, why would I trust him to put talent around Shea if they can't do it around Luca? I hear you. Okay, let me pull up my big board. I'm going to go authentic with it. Um, yeah, this is one of the questions I saw, so I already pulled up the draft prior to uh yeah yeah so like you said realistically we know that the Mavs had said that they were going to take Wendell Carter who I believe I had listed as my next uh lowest floor at the time okay I'm ashamed of it because I actually changed my ratings based on one game I saw of Luca. I initially had him number two on my board behind Aiden and uh, Thanasis Antetokounmpo clamped him up. And I was like, oh, shit, he might really have problems with athletic <laughs> wings. Uh, so I dropped him down to, like, 12. Also, um, since I said in hindsight, yeah. if we're not going with hindsight and I don't know what Shea would be, I would pick Bagley. Bagley? And so that's where... 
I probably would have gone with Obama still. Um, I can't tell. I can't. I I can't base this on his injury since then, but and even from what I've seen from him this year, like I saw him as a KP type guy, like young KP, a guy that could potentially stretch the floor, which he's showing his shot appears to be real when he actually gets to play. Um, would be a beast in the pick and roll, and would cover. Dennis Smith Jr.'s mistakes on the back end defensively as a rim protector. So, so that's what I saw him as like a pick and roll, pick and pop tandem. And then you would get some shooters to put around him. So I would expect if that had happened and let's pr- pretend he doesn't get hurt every five minutes. Um, and I think playing behind Vucevic is also not <laughs> to be ignored here uh, when he is healthy. Um if he comes in, he started straight away because we didn't have anybody to play in front of him. And he doesn't get hurt every five minutes. Today, I think we would still be pretty much exactly where we are in the standings, keeping it a stack. You really think that with Mobile? Yeah, because we wouldn't have traded that next pick. We would have had a high pick the next year also. Right? Yeah, but that draft wasn't that great. Doesn't matter. I mean, let's pull it up. 2019 draft. I'm going to pull it up. That was the Garland and... Uh, I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull up the 2019 draft, and then I'm going to remember who I had how on my board. Uh, so, how bad would we have been? That's the question. Uh, let's say we ended up five-ish again, right? Mm-hmm. So, Zion, Ja, RJ, DeAndre are gone. Jared Culver was the next guy I would have probably wanted. depending on how we looked um, in that season with Dennis and Mo, PJ Washington would have been an option. I think as a versatile ball, ball handler, a guy that you could run your offense through at the four position who could also hit threes and defend multiple positions like a Maxi, black Maxi, so he can actually handle the ball a little bit. <laughs> uh, black Max. So I, I, I probably would have gone PJ Washington, quite honestly. And so then now we got PJ, Dennis, and Mo. They're Mo and Dennis are not the Mo and Dennis they are today because they actually would have had confidence and playing time versus what ended up happening to them. But we still don't know how good they would have been. No, and I, I I will say I think they'd be better than they appear to be right now, just because of the situations I mean, they went into. Much. But I, no, I, I, and I agree. So that's what I'm saying. Like today, based on those three things, right. and then us probably having another low pick last year. So let's go 2020 draft, right? <laughs> we, there's four straight drafts of low picks. Um, let's say we fell back to eight. 2020 NBA draft. So Anthony Edwards, Wiseman, Ball, Williams, Okoro, Okongwu, Killian Hayes gone. We got Obi Toppin, Denny Abdia. Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton. Okay. Boom. So now we got Dennis Smith, Halliburton, PJ Washington, Mobamba. We got a young 
squad we could do something with and maybe we end up flipping one of them for somebody that was on the trade market at that point so i don't know i feel like we'd be what it, we'd be about we'd be better than okc is right now um we would be we would be a team that because rick is still rick and if the, if he, all you give him is kids he has no choice but to play him that's true uh, so I think we would be a team that was like fighting around that between seven and nine or 10 seed, which unfortunately is where we are right now. Right. Uh, like we would be like the Spurs. There we go. That's a good comparison. That's a fair comparison. We will be close to where the Spurs are. I think like a team that with a bunch of kids and old washed up vets, or I, we won't call them DeRozan washed up, but Aldridge is washed up. Um, uh, doing more than you would expect them to do. We probably would have signed some old vets to go with them, basically. So yeah, I think we I think we'd be okay. That's what I'll say. Good question. Yeah, made me think. <laughs> uh let's see. What else we got? What else we got? It's a lot of questions. Yeah it is. We need to Jonathan Kidd. <laughs> I didn't realize how late it was either. Damn I got shit to do. Uh all right, we're going to speed through the rest of these. My bad. Still, Jonathan Kidding or Jonathan Kidd sent another one. Dwight Powell, Wessel Wundu, Maxi, Tyrell, Terry. Two second round picks to the Hawks for John Collins and Bogdan. It's too much. Yeah, okay, that's not, not too much. I'm, I, I, that's, it's not I'm too not, much. They're not doing that. Yeah, they're not doing it. Like, they're not giving us Bogdan. We're not getting both. That makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that wouldn't even be enough to get John Collins. Exactly. Honest. All right. Uh, ADNNN350 said, if you could take any young player under 23 and put them on the Mavs, who would it be and why? This is tough because it's a lot of young players. I need to look up NBA players under 23. Yeah, I'm looking up NBA players by age. He said, "Any young player under twenty under twenty three, that's way too many options. That's way too many options. Mm-mm-mm. Ooh, I'm saying James Wiseman. Let me keep it simple. Mm, no, hold up. No, wait. What am I saying? That. Zion, Zion Williamson. Zion. Okay, I mess with it." I would go with James just because, again, defense, rim protector, rebounding is a need on his team. Um, Zion can do a lot of the rebounding. Actually, wait. No, 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 no. Hold on. He say 23 and under or under 23? He said 23 and under. Let me go back to it. Under 23. Under 23. Jason Tatum. Oh, he is 22. Shit. Okay. If it was 23 and under, I was going to say Brandon Ingram. But he's under 23. So Jason Tatum. That is fair. All right. Good call. Good call. And I uh, actually got. I don't think I need to. I don't think I need to say why I would want Jason Tatum. Yeah, I think that's pretty straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you win that one. All right. 
All right, now to the one where I ask like an asshole. Again, we're gonna try to breeze through this. Uh, Tall Traveler, one, again, the homie. The homie. First one, did Aaron earn his eye? Mother, <laughs> you gotta read that one actually. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I know what it is. I know what it is. I'm not, right, you know what? You know what? Just because the homie, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. But this is, this is not, this is not cool. And it's not cool that you ask this question. It's not cool at all. Uh, I hate you. For oh, this. Snap. Did you see how he worded the second two? Yeah, I did. I caught. I just caught that. That's why I bust out laughing. All right. Did Aaron earn his iron urn? I'm not saying it the way you want me to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? For the sake of the podcast, I will. The iron urn is iron urn. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man! Oh, all right. I'm, I'm, do I do I have to do it? I'll do it. Did Aaron earn his iron urn? Boom! All right, number two. Coolest NBA player you've had an interaction with in person, or online, or any famous person? If no NBA players, <sighs> you want? You got any? I don't have any NBA players. Online or in person? Not that I can think of, no. Not any interactions. Uh, famous person? Hmm. Uh, probably would have to be one of the Comic-Cons I went to. Okay. Uh, it was brief. But uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, wrestling at all. Uh, Older days, in the day. WWF. Yeah. yeah. Edge and Christian. Nice. I hated them. Uh, I got to meet kid. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I got to meet Christian at a uh, Comic Con. Um, he wasn't doing photo ops, but he was at booths taking pictures. And, uh, like, I just asked for a picture, and he asked how my day was. He asked, you know, what did I do while I was here? Was I having fun? Like, oh, he's just, he's a really, he's a really nice guy. He didn't have to do, he didn't ask, have to ask any of that. I was paying him right. for a picture. He could have been like, you know, I'm going to take the picture. You know, all right, see you later. <laughs> I told him uh, I took a photo op. Uh, I took a photo op with Batista early, and he was like, oh, Dave's really nice. Like, isn't he? I was like, yeah, he was a cool guy. He likes my shirt, too. Uh, David, uh, Dave Batista likes my shirt. Gotcha. When I uh, when I go to Comic Cons, I wear my McLovin shirt. It's literally a black shirt with the McLovin ID on it. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I think I've seen the shirt. Okay, all right. Um, hmm. None of my NBA player interactions have been worth talking about, really. Um, Cross paths with Amari Stoudemire, ran into Delonte West. Um, Rehab. Ac- accidentally had. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go with the Al Jefferson one actually. Didn't hear me, did you? What you say? When you said you ran into Delonte West. I was like rehab. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it was at a Mavs game actually. He was. He had one on him. Um, <laughs> 
right, no, no, no further comment. Uh, I'm gonna go with Al Jefferson. Uh, it, again, it wasn't an amazing interaction. I probably got some cooler celebrity interactions I could mention, but uh, since I do have NBA interaction, me and my friends were like wandering around Charlotte after a game trying to find a place to eat. And we stopped. I don't know if I've told this story on a podcast before or not. We we stopped in front of a restaurant. There was like a line outside the building. And we were like, man, we just need to find somewhere where we can get some food. There was like a bench there. So the girl sat down. And <clears throat> my, as we were standing in front of this restaurant, a big body Rolls Royce pulled up and uh, parked illegally. Uh, the valet hopped up like he knew who it was. Uh, Al Jefferson hopped out one side, helped his lady out the other side, threw the keys to the valet. The valet pulled it up like two feet so that it wasn't in a fire zone, even though it was still parked illegally. And um, my friend like turned around, he was like, yo, that's Al Jefferson. Al Jefferson dapped him up, skipped the line, went inside, got his food. (laughs) I definitely feel like you have cooler uh, celebrity encounters, but... That's not yeah. a bad one. Yeah, it was it was funny because we were just standing there doing nothing, trying to like. There's people that actually like camp out and try to find the players and stuff. He just rolled up on us, and uh, yeah, I hate that stuff. <laughs> people do that with wrestlers a lot. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, so um, that one was fun because it was unexpected. I think. Right. Those and, are the best ones. Yeah, he just kind of popped up, and again, he dapped my dude up. Didn't look at him or nothing, just kept moving, dapped him up, (laughs) walked straight in the restaurant in front of, uh, like, 500 people, felt like standing outside, like it was a Disney ride or something. Uh, I don't even remember what the restaurant was. It was, like, some type of Mississippi Grill or something like that, Um, seafood restaurant, I think. Anyway, moving forward, Uh, Mike Concho or Jesse 4D. Posted a picture of who I believe is Jamal Mosley with some kids in karate class and asked if he will ever be the Mavs head coach. No. Why is that? They were going to do it. They would have. That's not fair. Uh, (laughs) No, I just I just really don't think he will be. If he loses the Rockets job. Maybe. No, no, no. Jamal Mosley, the one that we still have. He's still the assistant. Oh, yeah. Yes. So you yes. think he's the heir to the throne? Yes, I do. Okay. I do. <sighs> so Carlisle's contract is up is in two years. Do you think he's going to take over after that, or how do you think that's going to go? Depends on how the next two years go, to be honest. <laughs> um, if, the, if something happens where the Mavs just become a powerhouse in the West, Rick ain't going anywhere. Right. <clears throat> okay. Which probably uh, is a good thing. Because who knows, Mosley could take us over the top, kind of like Steve Kerr did the Warriors. But you know, I think Mosley will end up taking another job uh, if Rick isn't gone in the next couple of years. Which mm-hmm. I can only see Rick going somewhere if a contender like the Bucks or say, for example, fires their coach. Yeah, he doesn't even like playing the rookies we have. Why would he want to go to a rebuilding team? So. Yeah. Like he's only going to a contender. So if a, if the Bucks, you know, fail miserably, I could see him going to and they get rid of Bud Budenholzer. I could see him going to take over a team like that to put him over the top I mean, or whatever. 
he's definitely a better coach than Budenholzer. So. Yeah. So that that's the only way I can see Mosley getting the job. Um, let's see. Lockie R seventy seven. Out of the players rumored available for trade, which one would you like for the Mavs to trade for the most and go? Uh, Aaron Gordon. Uh, usually it would have been Andre Drummond, but I feel like Aaron Gordon is a perfect fit next to uh, KP since they really seem hell-bent on KP playing the five. Uh, Aaron Gordon bling, brings athleticism, which we need to the team. Uh, he's not a great rebounder, but he's decent. He can play the three, he can play the four, he can play small ball five. Uh, he's a very decent defender. He's not a lockdown defender of any sort. He's not like, you know, uh, go put Aaron Gordon on this guy and shut him down. He's a great team defender. Uh, he can stretch the floor a bit. He's better than Dwight Powell. He's better than Maxi Cleaver. <laughs> and he's better than Dorian Finney-Smith. So, yes, Aaron Gordon. So, obviously, Aaron Gordon is better than most of the people were being rumored to be involved with, besides John Collins. But we probably can't get either one of them. So, of the real realistic options. <laughs> um, I might say Norman Powell. He's been getting buckets this year. You think Norman yeah. is more realistic than Aaron? Yes. Okay. Just situationally, I think. Okay. Um. So I'm going to say Norman Powell. Yeah, I just want something steady at that two spot. We still don't have that. Yeah, same. Um, and he's a pretty good defender as well. Exactly. And he plays defense. So, so if you could sort of merge Tim Hardaway and just Josh Richardson, <laughs> I'm here for it. Uh, he also asked, will the Mavs end up pulling the trigger on a trade? I think so. Uh, I don't, honestly. Dang. And it's not even, you know, it always comes down to the Mavs being too passive or right. the Mavs not being the team that gets the offer and another team does. And I think yep. it's going to be the latter in this instance because, to be honest, we don't have much to offer, comp offer compared to these other teams. So we're probably going to be in the hunt. They're going to be aggressive. We're just not going to be able to walk away with anything significant. I'm not sure. All I can ask them to do, all I can ask them to do is try. So if they're being aggressive and they're trying as far as trades, then I commit them. I won't bash them for that as long as they're trying. And I see that they are. Okay. Um, the homie, Kenny underscore 817. Why is Maxi better than Aaron Gordon? Um, and I could tap into my optimist bibs if you would like <laughs> to answer this question. Because Locked On Mavs told us he is. It's because of the chemistry, man. The chemistry. Like, he's been here for years. He's European. I mean, uh, he's been here for years. Um, we love Maxi. He knows where to be when Luca throws him the ball. And, you know, we just got to keep that continuity. It doesn't matter how much better a player is on paper if they don't have that chemistry. It's because he's white. I, I dialed it back when I said he's European. <laughs> uh, second question. Why does no one want our trash players? Because most front offices, no, actually, that's not true. Because a lot of these front offices have common sense, and they know that our players are average at best. 
but the Mavericks front office does not see that. Right. Stevie Wonder could see it. We overvalue a bunch of players that do maybe one thing and not even necessarily well. Like we just value everybody. If you put Dwight Powell in an entire arena by himself with just Stevie Wonder watching and cut all the lights off, Stevie Wonder would still be able to see that Dwight Powell is trash. Yeah, like there's no redeeming quality to his game. Saying if you see him get a dunk off of a Luca Lob, like I can find you 50, 60, 610 dudes that can do that. So <laughs> I'm not impressed, <laughs> to say the least. Q Stephen A. Smith, Kwame Brown rant. <laughs> Lowest moment as a Mavs fan outside of the 2006 finals. DeAndre Jordan. Mm. That was that was a low moment. Like <laughs> I had a hard time sleeping that night. I was so pissed off. Yeah. That's how fucked up it was. The, the chair on the door, man, look. <laughs> we were laughing. But a stuff. legendary rant. A legendary rant video came from that moment. The, the the I don't know who the white kid is, but I don't even know if you saw the video. You had to see the video, bit. Probably. I don't um, remember. He started talking about Doc Rivers, his daughter, uh, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That that was epic. Uh, he went too far, but it was epic. I'm gonna say the Rondo situation. Yes. Um, I think most. Most people would have said 2007, probably, but I prepared myself for that. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely. Yeah, I just didn't want to repeat. <clears throat> I just didn't want to repeat something that everyone's going to say. Obviously, 2007. So you know. Yeah, I'm definitely going Rondo. That was ugly, and it. I mean, we felt the effects of it years later. <laughs> so yeah, people still hate Rondo because to this day. Have- because of that trade, we are stuck with the white power. And I think that might be part of my hatred for Dwight Powell is that he's a reminder of that trade. <laughs> oh man. Shout out to Jameer Nelson. Um all right. Jay Montelli, the homie, uh had me on this Shit. podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> Birds fan. <laughs> Favorite Mav trade rumor? Uh, I don't give it. I don't care. Quite I don't have a favorite rumor. I, I, I don't. I don't even know what that means. I don't have a favorite rumor. None of them are my favorite rumors because they're rumors. <laughs> I, yeah, I try not to get involved with rumors. I, I want to see that action. Um, I might tease it for the timeline, but I, I don't get invested. Uh, Mormon Powell or Fournier? So I guess Norman Powell. I think it was a typo. And uh, I think I already touched on that. I'm, I'm going Powell. Yeah, I'm going Norman Powell as well. I feel like he does more than Fournier does. Agreed, especially defensively. KP Luca beefing, we already touched on that. Uh, let's see. Will Maxi still be a Maverick after the trade deadline? That's the third question from Lockie R77. 
That's the I would say question. yes. I would say yes. I, I do think he will be a, a Maverick after the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, will I can't be a see. Maverick after the offseason? That's a different question. <laughs> of the realistic trade options, I don't think any of them would acquire, require us to trade Maxi. Me either. I, I don't see him leaving. Uh, not even really in an Aaron Gordon trade would I see Maxi leaving. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. Um, all right, so that that's actually the end of the questions. Uh, that took forever. <laughs> Did you want to do your unsung hero? Uh, yeah, let's go right into it. Uh, I'm gonna make it quick. What you got? Boom. Uh, um, Mavs outsiders. Reese's unsung hero of the week. This award is going to. I, this is someone I've considered for the award before, but I didn't give it to him. But this week he has earned it. Goes to Tim Hardaway Jr. It's a name I never thought I would say. Very but in nice. absence of Dorian Finney-Smith, he stepped up into the starting lineup when we needed him best. Yes, we did lose two of those games, but in each game, he didn't show up as far as 20 points, but he showed up and gave, he showed up and gave us points that we needed in our time of need. Hopefully, he continues to produce in the starting lineup in the future. So, shout out to Tim Hardaway Jr. for Reese's Mavs Outsiders Unsung Hero of the Week. And now, I'm going to kick it to my co-host, Bibbs, for his weekly forecast. Thank you for that, Reese. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, I have to admit, he's been stepping up to the plate in ways that I didn't expect. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, thank you for that report. And moving over, we're uh, going to give you the weekly forecast. Uh, it's starting to heat up out here. The the Mavs are trying to rise <laughs> up the standings. And we've got an opportunity to do so this week. Three big games on the docket. Uh, it starts with Wednesday. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are coming into town, and they suck. So that should hopefully be a pretty big win for the Mavericks, but we know how the Mavericks like to do. Uh, the Wolves do have Carl Anthony Towns this time, and we played with our food last time, and they almost beat us without him. So uh, Mavs play to their competition most of the time, so anything is possible, but we better come out with a W. Uh, moving into Friday, we've got the Indiana Pacers coming into town. Uh, another team that's getting healthy, but the Karis LeVert addition has uh, created a little bit of an adjustment period for the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Sabonis didn't exactly kill us like I expected last time either. KP had a big game. Uh, so can that continue? We will see. Uh, and how will the Pacers defend Luka Doncic now with Levert out there? They'll have three defensive options for him between Levert, I believe Holiday still starting, and Brogdon. Uh, so that'll be interesting to watch also. Uh, and then finally, Saturday, the Pelicans. And Zion, who I believe was like 13 for 14 or something stupid last time. I'm not doing the research. Uh, what will the Mavs have for the Pelicans? They've been kind of up and down as well. Will Lonzo Ball still be a Pelican this weekend? We will see. Uh, again, these are three teams that we could easily go 3-0 and against, but also three teams that we could easily go 0-3 against based on the way this team performs. It'll be fun to see. 
And, you know, with the trade deadline, we never know who's going to be on the roster for any of these teams. So anything is possible. But I'm sending it back to you, Reese. And I'm sending it back to you, Bibbs. <laughs> All right. So that <laughs> that's going to pretty much do it for this podcast. Went way longer than I wanted to, but that, that's always the case. Uh, is there anything you wanted to add for the forecast? Uh, no, uh, usually cover everything during the forecast. I like your little, uh, little comedy bits that you do in between as well. Uh, no, that's nothing I really want to have for the forecast. Like you said, hopefully we can come away with these wins, but the way this team is, we might sit KP and Luca for the Timberwolves game. So, <laughs> and that is the last thing I actually meant to mention is like, do we rest one or the other against no. either team? Uh, no. Not should we, because we definitely shouldn't. <laughs> Will we? Uh, I'm scared that we're going to rest KP in one of those games, at the very least. I'm afraid we're going to rest both against the Timberwolves, I swear. They're going to look like, oh, my God, look at the performance Luca just put on. He needs rest. He's 22. <laughs> Before we sign off, I do want to say RIP to the great Elgin Baylor. Um Absolutely. Number 26 on the GOAT series list, a guy who I didn't know much about before I did the GOAT series. I knew the name, obviously, uh, but I didn't know the game. Almost didn't make it to the NBA. Um, But when he did, 10 all-NBA first-team selections. Um, He's the highest-ranked player on the GOAT series list that never won MVP or finals MVP. That's facts. And he only got a ring because the team gave him one, even though he only played like five games and then retired that 1972 season with the Lakers. Um, But he got his ring. So a legend, once again, one of the greatest of all time and 86 years. That's, that's a full life. So um, I think they posted his last tweet was talking about his wife being his like eternal love. So sounds like he was, he had a good life. Um, R.I.P. to the legend Rest in peace Elgin Baylor And with that we're going to get out of here Peace Peace Get everything you need for your holiday meal at Whole Foods Market. Right now, you'll find animal welfare certified rib roast on sale. It's a deliciously crowd-pleasing centerpiece. Plus, save on spiral sliced ham, bone-in lamb, and seasonal produce like sweet potatoes and honey crisp apples. For ready-to-eat sides, head to the prepared food section. Done. And remember that Whole Foods Market caters. Order gourmet catering at shop.wfm.com. Bring the holiday magic with Whole Foods Market. Finding the music you love shouldn't be hard. That's why Pandora makes it easy to explore all your favorites and discover new artists and genres you'll love. Enjoy a personalized listening experience simply by selecting any song or album, and we'll make a station crafted just for you. Best of all, you can listen for free. Download Pandora on the Apple App Store or Google Play and start hearing the soundtrack to your life. At Discount Tire, we know how valuable your time is around the holidays. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com so you can spend more time with friends and family this holiday season. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean 
every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.